Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Climbing the Castle. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. And today we're going to be discussing The Black Cauldron. As always, this is going to be a last chance to watch the movie before we discuss it. It's always helpful if you understand what is happening in the movie, so we like to give you this little chance to go check it out beforehand. We'll be right here waiting for you when you come back, and enjoy. Taryn is an assistant pig keeper with boyish dreams of becoming a great warrior. However, he has to put the daydreaming aside when his charge, an oracular pig named Hinwin, is kidnapped by an evil lord known as the Horned King. The villain hopes Hinwin will show him the way to the Black Cauldron, which has the power to create a giant army of unstoppable soldiers. With the aid of a stubborn princess, an exaggerating bard, and a pestering creature called Gurgi, Taren will try to save the world of Pridin from the Horned King. As the new friends face witches, elves, magic swords, and the cauldron itself, Taren starts to learn what being a hero really means and that some things are more important than glory. And I really enjoyed this movie. This was a very, very great movie. It's so much stuff happening. It's got everything that you can ask for in a movie. It's got action. It's got adventure. It's got fantasy. It's got wild characters and insane villains and all that you you want in a movie. It's a, uh, it could have could have used a little bit more romance, in my opinion. But yeah, maybe a little bit more. But that's just being nitpicky. Like it's it was yeah. still an incredible movie. Really, just a a masterpiece to me. It, it's definitely a really good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, it's unfortunate that it almost killed the studio when when it did come out in the box. Like it just didn't hit in the box office somehow. Yeah, and we'll get into that when we get into the uh, fun facts. I do I have d- that written down. I just don't understand how a movie like this doesn't do well. It makes no sense to me how this doesn't perform in the in the movie. Probably just the wrong time. I I guess. I don't know. <laughs> But with that, do we want to go ahead and get into the fun facts? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right, starting off, it was Disney's first time showing the classic logo of the blue and white castle and the farling star, which is very iconic, especially to like us and others around our age who grew up off the 90s Disney movies. Yeah, this is finally getting to see this. It just brings back so many memories of watching these movies as a kid. This was just the sight and the sound of this is something that's imprinted in my brain. I would hear it almost daily when I was a child because mm-hmm. I was constantly watching like the, the Disney VHSs and stuff like if they even if they were on TV. And it's just such a, a nostalgic sound and just picture that makes you feel good whenever you hear it. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely like watching this now it brought back a whole lot of memories not of just watching disney movies but just of my childhood in general it's also crazy that this took so long for this this logo to come in they've mm-hmm. been around for how many years now and they're just finally bringing in their own little logo and and design and stuff yeah but uh definitely was a great thing to see again yeah Next one is uh, last time we talked about how Don Bluth, along with a crew of about 13 animators, left the studio during the production of The Fox and the Hound. Uh, their departure left only a few animators, some of the team of the nine old men from the old days and others from a new crop of animators who had yet to be fully trained. To make matters worse, a 
deep ideological rift lay between the two groups, with one looking back at the days of animation for kids and the other focus on the new influence, new phenomenon called anime. In a, the rifts were never really mended, and it shows in the disorganized final cut. But I definitely see like where those differences were kind of clashing within this movie. Yeah, there definitely was some noticeable spots where the animation style was just completely different than what was we were seeing for the majority of the movie and it would like go back and forth every once in a while to these different animation styles and it was it was noticeable but i mean it also i feel kind of added a bit to this movie as well Mm -hmm. like maybe that's why it didn't do so well everyone was like oh this looks weird we're not used to it that's possible but this was something that seemed very new at uh, like the visuals did seem very drastically different compared to what we've been used to seeing. Like even from the last movie, The Fox and the Hound. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with animators, The Black Cauldron was the first movie since Snow White to have completed scenes cut before the film was released. Some of those scenes were drawn by Tim Burton, who was one of Disney's most promising young animators and had survived the Bluth Purge, at least initially. The Black Cauldron should have been a perfect match for Burton's quirky style. However, when some of his scenes were cut by the upper management, even though his fellow animators thought they were great, he had seen enough and left definitively at that point. Fans of the show have been asking for a release that includes all the completed scenes that were cut, and some of those scenes that fans are asking to be restored are Burns' work, which this really would have been like a good one for Tim Burton to... Oh yeah, that was definitely a lot of stuff that fits into his artistic style and his vision and the way he animate stuff and he sees things i could definitely understand why some of it was taken out though as well yeah um parts of the reason were uh one thing was i'm guessing he had a part to do with the final scene that was deemed too scary for children yeah that had to be cut and also if some of his work were to have been kept in it probably would have received a pg-13 rating instead of the pg rating that they were already trying hard to fight for. Yeah, I would have loved to seen the stuff that did cut cut from this movie. It is a shame that like none of that stuff survived and it's like available to to watch it all. Mm-hmm. But it definitely would be interesting to see the stuff that did get taken out. And I can also understand why they had to f- fight for that rating as well. Like this was some like there was a lot of extremely dark and scary things that happened in this movie mm-hmm. that was like children are watching this and being okay with this (laughs) yeah like one of the scenes was uh some of the living soldiers were turned into the zombie soldiers the skeletal soldiers and so i guess they were like "Mm, we probably shouldn't show an on-screen death like that yeah even though the horn king's death scene was quite terrifying itself it was pretty intense and i will go on to one more uh the one about this being an absolute trash for the box office (laughs) so this movie had a budget of 44 million dollars did you say 44 million 44 million so it was more expensive than star wars return of the jedi that is insane (laughs) and it made it was twice as expensive as back to the future which was released in the same year that's ridiculous how did how did that even get passed 
executives and like how did they manage to to get away with make like making a movie that was so expensive i don't know but you know who did beat them in the box office who the care bear movie that's they spent all that money to make this movie and then they lose to the care bear movie. they they lost to the care bear movie which is a good movie it is a good movie but as a 28 year old man I will still say the Care Bear movie is great. It is a good movie, but that is pretty, pretty embarrassing. Well, the spent. Care Bears only took like, I believe I read like two million. Which was the amount of money that this movie made back. Apparently, Yeah, this was the that same which amount is, that this movie made. Which is still <laughs> insane. <laughs> which is nowhere close to 44 million. So this movie almost killed the Disney company. Yeah, from what I was reading that. They were struggling to get back on their feet after this, and the, the studio almost completely shut down. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the next few films were enough to recover and and bring it back. But like, can you imagine if this studio would? I mean, the studio would have shut down right then, right after this movie. We would have never gotten all of the classics that we're about to get. We would have never got Lion King, Pocahontas, Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame, all these movies that we absolutely love. They would not have existed if this just because this movie did so terribly. And it's a great movie. So I just I, I don't it understand is. how it did so terribly in the box office still. <laughs> sometimes to be successful, you have to take great risks. I mean, sometimes those great risks will bite you in the butt. Granted, they did spend how much money on this movie. So like in order for it to be technically successful in the box office, it would have had to be like the greatest selling movie in the box office for like ages to make back that amount of money yeah and still care bears was so sorry (laughs) but um that is all i have for fun facts yeah there's a lot of great fun fun facts about this movie and we had to drop this list down because we we had had to cut this down by at least half and even then we didn't even have even a fraction of the fun facts we found there's there's a lot of great ones for this movie so definitely look it up and check it out on your own they're, they're yeah, pretty easy go to, to google like the first three links yeah have amazing fun facts a lot of good ones here definitely worth checking out on your own time and we will be dropping a couple in throughout the episode as like little tidbits if we can mm-hmm. but we just don't want to clog up the entire episode with this even though it is we our, probably could and it is still one of our favorite parts of the episode but we, we could a, probably make a whole episode by itself of just fun facts about this movie. Uh, we probably could. I definitely <laughs> would work. Either but same length, if not longer than our other episodes. <laughs> uh, if we did that, we would be here for quite a while. Though I feel. Yeah. So With instead, that, how about we get on to the scoring? Yeah, let's just jump right on in. What do you have for your story score? For my story score, I have an eighty-eight. I have an 84. So All right. we're already jumping right out the gate with that four point difference. Yeah, we are. Uh, you're ahead of me, which I is I'm ahead of you. <laughs> very rare. Doesn't happen very often, but I don't know. I, I really did love this story. There was a lot of great stuff, a lot of really fun, interesting thing that happens. But it has, it has some issues. I had some problems with particularly the ending of the movie that caused me to drop my score down a little bit low. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier and you said that the ending was kind of anticlimactic. 
It it was. It had this big giant build up for everything, and then and then he, the Horn King gets shoved and dies. All that happens is he gets pushed very slightly into the, the cauldron. The skeleton army barely even made it outside of the bridge <laughs> before they get stopped, and it was just I don't know. It just felt like for the the biggest threat to mankind, the st- they stopped it pretty pretty easily. You think that uh, all the Disney villains that have died are like sitting in hell? Just talking about, I died because I got hung while chasing a man raised by gorillas through the jungle. Or one's like, I got cornered by a bunch of doors and lightning struck the ledge and I fell to my death. And then the Horn King's just like, yeah, I got shoved by a kid. It's, it's not very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Uh, he didn't very shove him, shove him very hard either. No, just he, enough to kind of make him lose balance. I don't know. It's just again, the rest of the movie was great, and like I'm not gonna like it's not that ending didn't destroy the movie for me because I still enjoyed the movie a lot. I just feel like you had all of this stuff happening, and then it was just this anticlimactic ending to me. Yeah. Uh, running through the story, I guess there was so many. It's like I said, there was just a big combination of like the action and then the adventure and then the like comedic relief points and and the build up started like almost right away. Yeah, they dropped you right into the story immediately. Like, we had enough time to learn about Taryn and like what he actually does. And then just like a few minutes later, it starts off with okay craps about does it go down yeah i mean i guess this is also one of the, the benefits of them removing that opening credit sequence as well because you're just jumping straight into the movie now and mm-hmm. we don't have to sit through that two to three minute sometimes longer song or dance or just random musical piece that Which, sometimes I mean, may or not... we loved it yeah that's probably just helped it a yeah. lot some sometimes it doesn't add anything to the movie and it just like all right get on with it a lot of times it was great songs and we did really enjoy it but it's like now that we're actually seeing them jump straight into the movie it's completely noticeable as like how much of a difference it makes Mm. and then going on you know they find out about the horn king is going after the cauldron now and so we find out about henwin's power which is the whole point of the horn king and taryn getting involved with the horn king yeah so uh, Dalbin sends Taran off to to protect Henwin and bring him to safety, and he does pretty much terrible everything job. but that. He does a terrible job at that. He he loses Henwin immediately, like mm-hmm. just as soon as they get into the forest. Oh, where'd he go? Crap, he's already being taken. Yeah, but we get to meet Gurgi. We did meet Gurgi, and My that interaction character. with Gurgi was a lot of fun. All of the interactions with Gurgi were were great. Mm-hmm. He's over there looking for his munchies and crunchies, and <laughs> and he just runs off at any sign of trouble. But he always knows how to make himself useful when when he he needs to be, and he always finds a way to like, oh no, I know where the pig went, or I know where mm-hmm. it, what happened. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, uh, he went that way. <laughs> okay, Gurgi. So Taron finally finds the castle that Hanwin is kidnapped and taken and- away by dragons too. That really menacing, terrible-looking castle. That if I was a child, I would not want to go anywhere near that castle. No, no, not at all. 
and he just like climbs right in and starts climbing and he also made it seem a lot easier to get into that castle than it should have been yeah all he did was what climb up it yeah and like barely climbed up it that castle was huge i feel like it should have taken a lot to get into that castle and he just climbed that he barely climbed and then he finds his way through the window or something we don't Mm. even know how how exactly he like well i think they saw him climbing through the window to get in it it's like there's some hole in the castle wall that if you were an adult, you could have just easily pulled yourself up into. This castle doesn't seem very well protected if he was able to sneak in so easily. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Horn King was supposed to be this feared, that terrible king. Very true. I mean, no one in in their right mind would be sneaking into the Horn King's castle, I guess. Well, we'll get into that character <laughs> later. But uh, that's where we see the Horn King and coming and interrupting a party they were having yeah just a bunch of normal dudes eating food watching some lady dance they were having a lot of fun there it looked, mm. i'm not gonna lie it looked like it was a great time inside that castle oh yeah i would have partied there for sure <laughs> then henwin comes in and they try to get him to use his powers and he won't do it and that's when taran falls in and drops what well, drops in on them and he stands up to the horn king they make their escape but after like a threat to kill the pig is like no i'll tell you which taryn did a great really cared about Hanlon, so like mm-hmm. that added to his like usefulness but so that whole escape up. <laughs> yes he meets the princess meets the princess and then once they escape they meet fluter flam <laughs> it's fluter yeah, it is Fluter Flam. You're right. <laughs> the bard. But uh, yeah, that escape sequence was definitely really good. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Although, he gets a magic sword and he barely uses it. Yeah, he he has a magic sword and the only thing he uses for is just to poke holes into kegs. Like, yeah, I feel like he could have did a lot The sword more. did itself. He was just kind of holding it. Like, you have a magical sword. Go fight these dudes off and like get your way out of here. Nah, I'm just going to poke a hole in this barrel. I feel like he could have fought trip. the Horn King with that sword. He probably could have. And that would have pushing the king killed him so easily. That would have ended the, the movie a lot quicker. Again, mm-hmm. this was one of the other issues that I had with this movie is a lot of, I feel like a lot of situations could have been avoided very easily in this movie. Yeah. And we'll go over them as we get through the story. <laughs> but they escaped yeah and so now they're sitting around in a circle in the forest and then that's kind of where the romantic stuff kind of starts yeah uh a little tease there taryn and ilanwi the princess uh get into a bit of an argument then they make up and this was a great scene to me because i feel like it was a great point of character Mm -hmm. development for for them as well where they realized they needed to grow up and work together and do what they needed to do to stop the Horn King. Yeah. And then Gurgi comes back. <laughs> yeah. Gurgi is just such a great character. And he really added so much to this movie, I feel. Mm-hmm. Again. So, Gurgi's back. So Gurgi's like taking them off to find Henwin. Or, yeah. Yeah. Because Henwin's lost again. Mm-hmm. 
Well, well, they did draw him out of the castle and then yeah. just tell him to escape, which was like, yeah, what he, what is Henwin supposed to do at this point? He's out on his own, and I would assume he he knows to go where somewhere to go out east, or he just wanders around the forest until he's found by the fairies. So, yep, and so Gurgi's like trying to take them to where he thought Henwin was, and then they fall into a whirlpool and end up in the fairy's domain uh, another really fun scene here all the fairies mm-hmm. were were very cute and fun especially the fairy children just trying to to see everything that was going on i do feel like they could have done a lot more to help the the fairies when they were trying to fix that leak in the roof or whatever instead of just sitting there laughing at them yeah and i don't know i feel like with their magic powers there was an easier way for them to fix that leak anyways uh yeah the fairies definitely could have figured something out there but no they're just struggling with this whatever system they were trying to make to to fix it yeah it was not going very well for them (laughs) no but then they send out dolly to help them destroy the they come up with the genius plan and destroy the black cauldron which again dobbin just tells Torben at the beginning of the movie, just keep Taryn. I don't know why I said Torben, but Dalvin tells Taryn at the beginning of the movie just to take the pig to safety and to avoid the Black Cauldron and avoid the the, the Horn King because he's too dangerous. Literally doing the opposite. And he just, nah, we're just going to take care of everything ourselves instead. It's fine. I can handle it. But they lead the, the, the Horn King directly to the, the cauldron by doing mm-hmm. this. But uh, they find it at the witch's hut. Which, yeah. another thing that would have been easy. You have the magic sword, kill the witches, take the cauldron yourself. Yeah, I mean, they technically did not know where the cauldron was. There was a lot of cauldrons there. So yeah, like, true. Them trying to find the actual cauldron in that mess of cauldrons might have been a bit harder, I feel. Yeah, but once the witches brought it out, Suddenly, all you had to do was slice them up. I mean, I think they're trying to avoid that. I don't think they're they're trying to go around slicing everyone to pieces. Yes, (laughs) that was another great scene, though—a really fantastic, Mm. entertaining scene when uh, Fooder is getting turned back and forth into a frog the entire time. (laughs) Yeah, because one of the witches is like in love with him. Yeah, that was. Very entertaining, and the, and the witches added a whole whole new dimension, like a villain to the the movie as well that we needed. I feel mm-hmm. they added a nice comedic touch to it. What else? But not also like destroying the whole mood of the film. Yeah, but definitely some great characters there. Yeah, so they try they try to make a deal with the with the witches for the cauldron. Fluter tries giving his harp and Gurgi tries giving his munchies and crunchies. He tries and, giving them an apple core. And they still and, and they just took it. They, they steal his apple give core. Him anything no. They just stole it. They completely stole his apple core, which was just rude. But then they wind up settling on the sword for the cauldron. Mm-hmm. Which is when the all the baddies show up again because they've been tracking them. And they led yeah. him straight to the cauldron, which again was like 
if you if they had no clue where the cauldron was to begin with, they were trying to find out, and then you just lead them right to where it is. Yeah. So if they if they would have just not tried to destroy the cauldron, it would have been avoided. Mm-hmm. Everything would have been great. But no, the cauldron gets used, and all these skeletons are coming out of the cauldron, and that's when. Well, they already learned that to stop the cauldron, you had to sacrifice yourself into the cauldron. Mm-hmm. And Taron really wanted to do it because he felt that it needed to be stopped. He felt it was his responsibility, even though that was not what he was told to do. Yeah. But Gurgi finally steps up and sacrifices himself. And, and that really, was like super sad. Really touching, sad moment. Taryn has friends and Gurgi has none. So I was like, no, Gurgi, I'm your friend. Please don't. <laughs> he jumps into the cauldron and sacrifices himself. Yeah. But, and then after that, the Horn King comes down like, hey, yo, why'd you mess my stuff up? Again, like I said earlier, the, the skeletons didn't even make it across the bridge before they mm. just stopped coming. Like, so then they didn't really do much to, to, destroy anything yeah i feel like this was probably all the stuff that was getting cut out of the movie and Mm -hmm. like what was causing it to be rated so bad because like i I feel like those skeletons probably messed a lot of stuff up like yeah originally and like oh maybe we shouldn't be showing this in a in a kid's movie so instead they just did nothing and just walked across the bridge the entire time pretty much Mm -hmm. but after that uh you know the horn king gets we already talked about this. The Horn King gets pushed, trying to grab Taran, and then he's getting sucked in by the cauldron. And then that is a terrifying scene, seeing like his skeleton turn into more skeleton. Yeah. But it was definitely a terrifying, but cool death scene for a villain. It was very cool. It did, I don't know, it felt similar to, to the, how like Snow White ended to me, though, kind of like mm-hmm. just him just getting killed almost on his own with like not much of anything having to do with it yeah but it was still a really cool scene nonetheless Mm -hmm. then after that the witches are like yo we came back for the black cauldron that's when fluter goes sorry but we're gonna need a trade like what they did to them so they were like ready to give back the magic sword and that's when Terran's like Actually, can you give us Gurgi back? And so they did. Just boom, Gurgi's back. They, they did. Disney really likes to play with our heartstrings, thinking the yeah. characters are dead because they really milked that out of like us thinking Gurgi didn't actually survive. And then he, he jumps up and he mm-hmm. makes uh, Taran and Alanwi kiss. And that was the small hint of romance that we actually get. Yeah. And everyone was happily ever after. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh, wait, no. This one doesn't say the end. It does it not has, say the end. It has, it has end credits. credits. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Good story overall. A lot of great fun stuff. And like I said earlier, this just had a great mix of all the great makings of a, a, like a classic movie. Mm-hmm. So... Let's jump on over to characters then, I guess, and we can discuss them a bit further. All right. What you got? I have an 85. 
I have an 80. Oh, five point. <laughs> one up. Yeah. One, one point added to the difference now, and I'm ahead now this time. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of great characters in here, and a oh, lot yeah. of fun, very fun, playful personalities. I, again, I just still haven't had that character that really you can sink your teeth into that allows me to like bring my score up a bit mm-hmm. higher. I mean, the closest one for me was Gurgi. Yeah, Gurgi is incredible, and then uh, like him alone was like caused my character score to raise quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just I'm stuck at this peak of my characters being 85 and i just have not been able to bump it up any higher than that even like we haven't had that character that we can really like relate to yeah although not gonna well no i do kind of relate to gurgi a little bit like all i'm thinking about is munchies and crunchies all the time and like (laughs) (laughs) and charlie you have many friends dom has none no i'm joking (laughs) You're not wrong on that one. <laughs> but no, a lot of great, fun personalities that all matched really well here. Uh, starting off, like Dobbin, you can see how much he really cared for for Taryn. Taryn. Yes. Dobbin, the older man that I don't know if he's considered a wizard or if he's just like he seemed like a I wizard. I just consider to me. him an old man. But I don't know. He was. Taryn's mentor, I guess, or mm-hmm. care caretaker, or yeah, something. But like you can tell, one like just from the way they were interacting with each other, they really cared for each other. Even though Taryn was trying to make himself bigger than he actually was originally, yeah. Then once he actually goes outside and starts taking care of Henwin, we can really see his true personality of how much he actually cares about Henwin and cares about mm-hmm. other people and. And then Taryn was just another good character. Yeah. Um, so with Taryn, a lot of people think that this movie was the inspiration for The Legend of Zelda because Taryn is this young boy going on an adventure in the woods with a tunic on and a magic sword. Uh, there was, not going to lie, there was a couple of scenes where like, I looked at him and like, he looks exactly like Link there almost. Mm-hmm. And like you can definitely see where some of that inspiration comes from. Of course, that's only like people speculating. It it's is not speculation, like, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Because the least. creator of Zelda said that the his idea for the game came from his childhood of exploring caves and forests and going on adventures himself. Which is what a lot of this movie had to do it. Yeah. And it was also a bigger hit in Japan as well than it was in Yes, America. this movie did really good in Japan and overseas. Which is very interesting. It's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would do better overseas. Like, it feels like this is something that's tailored to like an American audience. Yeah. But back into the characters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Taryn was a good character, you know, started off kind of as a nobody. And then he was learning throughout the movie. You can really growing. Yeah, you can really see his character grow throughout the movie, which was uh, like part of the reason why he like he is such a great character to me. Because like, mm-hmm. like I said, when he first showed up, I'm like, yeah, this little arrogant kid thinks he's gonna take on the world, and then like he just it shows that he was just kind of act like putting on an act. Yeah, and he wasn't actually 
like cocky and arrogant, but then he he really stepped up when he needed to be, and mm-hmm. he was a brave kid. I'll compare it to uh, what you thought of for the Jungle Book, Mowgli. Yes, you thought that you know he had no character growth; he just kind of stayed, yeah, a stubborn yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. Which you're right. And then this movie was completely different. Taron actually like showed growth and showed character and development. It, we see that with a lot of the characters too. Like Gurgi oh, yeah. had an incredible character, probably the most character growth of, out of everyone in this movie. Mm-hmm. Finally got brave and sacrificed himself. Yeah, Gurgi was just such a, a fun and cute character. I absolutely loved him. So when I first saw like pictures of this movie, like in the past, I would think that it was a dog. And then when I saw Gurgi, whenever I watched this movie for the first time, mm-hmm. and I see Gurgi, some kind of primate thing, like yeah, I'm not sure exactly what species Gurgi is, but like I always thought he was going to be a dog. He's not it a turns dog. Turns out he's <laughs> not a dog. He has thumbs. He's some kind of weird fantasy creature, but like he he plays such a great companion character mm. in the movie and like they do so much more with him than just making him the simple companion because he's the one that basically saves the entire world he's the one that sacrificed he actually himself had a, he actually had a part of you know the victory yeah um another good character Ilanwi princess, princess. yes mm-hmm. you also see some character growth in her yeah you know, when we first see her, she seems like some, she almost seems a bit like a snooty little princess. We see her pop her head out like, oh, are you a hero or some kind of adventurer? And Taryn's like, no, I'm just a pig keeper. She's like, oh, that's a shame. Well, do you want to come along and escape with me, I guess? Can I? <laughs> can I? Well, I asked you if you wanted I just, to. I just said you can. But then she already immediately warms up to him as soon as they step mm. through and they start exploring the, the castle together. Yeah. And their character, their companionship. And again, it is it turns into a love arc eventually, slightly. Kind but. of, not really. Like, Gurgi makes them kiss. I don't know if that's really romance. <laughs> no. But they still had a very playful relationship with each other. And mm-hmm. the princess was just a very nice character you can tell that she she really cares about i kind of wish we learned a little bit more about her like you know we know why she's there because the horn king thought she would know where the black cauldron was but like more of like where she came from she tells us but we don't know anything about this place it would would be nice to get a little backstory about her and where her kingdom and stuff like that as well Mm -hmm. but i feel like that could like all fit into an entire prequel movie about this like maybe yeah the whole build up of where we like how we got here um fluter flim another character fluter. the spelling on his name too yeah i i just toned it down because like i originally i didn't even like know what they were even saying as his name and i had to turn on the captions in the, in the movie to catch and that was like that with a lot of the names like the princess's name i wasn't understanding it at mm-hmm. first and then i put the out names the names were hard to understand so i had to look them up on google so but fluter flam f-f-l-e-w-d-d-u-r 
F F L A M. Fluter flam. I, I just have them written down on my notes as F L E W E R. I think that works. That's how I know I would pronounce it correctly. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd just make a big jumbled mess of trying to pronounce it every time. But uh, he's a bard. He's a musician. And I love the Pinocchio harp. Yeah, that was a great addition to... He talked about how he played and sang in all these amazing chords and a string would break. Every time <laughs> he tells a lie, the, the string would break on a harp and... Again, Fluter didn't really add too much to the movie in terms He was of... almost like a little bit of comic relief just to kind of, you know, not make it too serious. But, but he also... It wasn't like big comic relief. Yeah, but he also did have a couple of bright ideas here and there. And like he did have some wisdom that showed him, like especially when he was the one to come up with the idea to bargain with the witches at the end. Mm-hmm. It showed that he wasn't just this nobody that was just trying to escape by he actually could help and he actually can make a difference but he was just a fun little addition to the movie i just kind of wish that the end of the movie had a little bit of a fight scene <laughs> more than just taryn pushing the horn king <laughs> to where like fluter would be like swinging his harp around and like knocking the heads off the undead warriors <laughs> <laughs> Now we're asking for a little bit too much here, and that's probably what what got cut out of the movie. If if we're being honest, but that would have been so funny to see a like seeing him swing around his harp. It would have been uh, my favorite character of the movie was Creeper, which we Creeper. didn't actually get his name, but it was the Goblin Henchman. Under all sources we find, and under the uh, it, it's listed credits. in the credits. As, as creeper but they never actually say his name so i just like you just refer to him as the goblin henchman he was just such a great comic relief to oh to yeah the, the, and to, definitely a good henchman character yeah he really was a great did a great great job of offsetting how serious how that the night king the, i keep calling him night king horn uh, king it's the horn king yes <laughs> but uh once the horn king dies Creeper's the one that goes, oh no, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. Oh, I'm free. He's celebrating that the, the Horn King is dead. <laughs> I, I really loved the, the, the part where he was choking himself to get out of punishment from the, the Horn King. It worked. And he, you hear him close the door and start laughing because he, he managed to uh, escape without getting in trouble mm-hmm. and he just had a lot of fun great jokes throughout the movie and just his attitude was just so it was catchable you really felt happiness whenever he was on screen mm-hmm. or some kind of emotion was happening um and then speaking of which the horn king was still a great villain yeah it was frightening as a villain even though his death was very pathetic he was still a great villain. He did a, a great job of showcasing his evilness and his, mm-hmm. his how terrible he was as a just I mean just as his character design alone you that gives a lot of inspiration as to who he was as a villain and his his control over everyone in the castle everyone was scared of him and everyone feared him. Yes, and then uh Hinwin the pig cute little pig 
Henwin was adorable. I loved Henwin so much. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't get to see him much because, or her, we didn't get to see her much because either she'd be kidnapped or she'd run away to the forest or she was supposed to be the whole part of the movie, like protecting this pig. <laughs> and she wasn't being protected at all. I mean, that's on Taryn. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Henwin still did a pretty good job of keeping herself safe. <laughs> yeah. She managed to, to get to safety after she escaped the castle both times. And yeah. Um, uh, any other characters? There was the the fairies. The fairies were, were nice. Um were fun. I love Dolly. Yeah. Uh you know, grumpy old man. They they burdened him with every single thing that needed to be done and he, yeah, they, he was the one I could relate to the most. You know, people throwing things on him to do all the work and fix all the problems. Yeah, every everything that they needed done, it was just Dolly's job to do it. <laughs> Sometimes that's how I feel at my workplace. But uh, another good character. Yeah, uh, his attitude really added an extra, smaller like dynamic to the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Which like. We really could helped. tell that he wanted to help, but at the same time, he was tired of helping others. Yeah. As much as he was sick of being bossed around and help, having to do everything, he still it was still in his heart to keep things going. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last like major characters that I have written down are the witches. Oh, yes. Again, good characters. They had another little sense of comedy relief to them. They, they're, still they're being serious. They really reminded me of the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Like they just had that same vibe going, and I feel like, honestly, I feel like this is kind of where they might have drawn inspiration. Like from in Hocus Pocus, they might have drawn inspiration from uh, these maybe. characters because because there is a lot of similarities to them. Yeah, their their attitudes, their character, like just the the way that they were set up. You have the one serious one, and the one. Flirty one and the one, the one with the long nose, yeah. <laughs> but they were a great, like, addition to this movie. Mm-hmm. And you take all these characters and you put them all together, and it really adds to the story that was being told, and the movie that we're watching. Definitely had a good dynamic between all of the characters. Yeah. With that, I guess let's move on to visuals. All right. For visuals, I have a 92. I have a 93. So we're right there, right on top of each other. Uh, I had to bump this a little bit higher because I have a 92 for my Alice in Wonderland visuals, and I really think this one stood out a bit more. The visuals on this were outstanding there were so many great visuals here and it's funny because last week we were just complaining that we haven't had that movie where the visuals stand out and like give us stuff to talk about or like actually give us something to mention and now we finally got this one here right away at the next movie we get a movie with amazing visuals so this is disney's first time using cgi and it i mean there are times where you know, it wasn't that great. But they still did a lot of cool stuff with it as well. Oh, yeah. There was 
so many different cool things that happen with it. And it's it also is very interesting to see like the introduction of CGI as well. Mm-hmm. Because this is the first time that we're really seeing it. And again, it's not the greatest, but for the stuff that they were doing, it was like that's pretty pretty cool for for the eighties and for the time that they had like they were doing that stuff. Oh yeah. And uh the visuals look great. The magic looked really cool. Yeah, all the all the magical effects were really cool. From Henwin when he was having his visions, you have all those colors and the lights and all the the really bright animations and cool looking stuff. The fairies, the even the magic sword looked cool. All those sparks were coming off of it. That mm-hmm. looked great. And the alcohol coming out of those barrels looked good. I was ready to drink it. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things was the look of the Horn King's castle. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool. And even the Horn design. King himself looked really cool. Well, all the character designs in this movie were absolutely incredible. And they were. Even if they were big... simple like Terrans. You know, a little boy in a tunic. Yeah. But we had so many incredible character designs from the the creeper. His design was amazing. The Horn King. And they put so much detail, even to like the people, just the people that were in that opening scene of the castle, just the people hanging out at the bar. Oh, yeah. Those were just people. Yeah. They were rough people, but they were just people. But they made them all look so great. And they put so much care and, and detail into all the characters that were there. Mm-hmm. They really, you can tell that they put, they had a lot of heart that was put into the, the animation here. I really loved the art style of this as well. It was definitely different than what we've seen so far. Yeah, but, like I could definitely see like the hint of the old Disney ways of animation, and then I could see when they were trying to throw in those anime aspects from yeah. the '80s. Uh, to me. It this had the feel of dragons. What was it? Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. That the, arcade, the arcade game. game. Yeah, which funny enough is made by Don Bluth, which is <laughs> who had just left the studio at the time. That so, is fantastic. I, I'm not sure if they kind of adapted that art style just to kind of rub it in a little bit. And like, so for those who don't know, uh. Dragon's Lair is just this arcade game where you play as this guy with a sword and shield, a knight, trying to save a princess through this dark castle. Yeah, and it it plays out like a cartoon, and it's the simplest controls because all you have to do is like move out of the way of attacks or attack. It's it's timed commands, but you have to press it at the exact like the exact timing. And for one of the simplest games, it's still one of the hardest games to, to actually be yeah. because you have to be so precise with your timing on it. But the visual style of that is very similar to this. And I do find that very interesting considering that it was done by Don Booth, who, who, they had, just, who had just left his company. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I don't know if they took that as inspiration and kind of did that as like a jab kind of as a middle finger at disney or if they just decided to go with this kind of it could uh, have been just a coincidence it could have been pure coincidence i don't know part of me just feels like it was a bit more than a coincidence yeah but that is also just speculation (laughs) but again yeah incredible art style 
for, throughout the entire movie. And then you can't, like you said, you can see those differences between the old and new art styles as well. Mm-hmm. One of the, the things that the, the animations that really stood out to me was when the beginning of the movie, when Taryn was chasing Henry through the forest, they showed like the trees that were in the, the all the trees. They had like skulls on their on them, mm-hmm. and it was just such a creepy design of the forest, and it really added a lot to the atmosphere of the forest as well. Mm, a very nice, dark, creepy design. Uh, then you had that that really cool first person shot of the dragon that was chasing Henwin, mm-hmm. which was I feel like something that we haven't really seen so far no we haven't seen like a first person view of anything i thought that was really cool the way they did that then the cgi stuff was a lot of the stuff that had to do with the cauldron it was like the flames coming out of it smoke coming out that green smoke that that green smoke and that all looked really cool and it added a lot to the the scene which i mean kind of like green smoke later on throughout disney just shows it's kind of like a symbol for the villains if you watch some of the movies. Yeah. Then there was the other time when, when the Horn King appeared in the smoke that one point in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool as well. They did a great job with the lighting and shadows in this movie as well, especially mm-hmm. with the Horn King. They did a lot of like shadow work with the Horn King. Oh, yeah. And it just really stuck out. But yeah, so many great, incredible things. There was a couple of not so great things as well, though. Mm-hmm. The the one major thing that stuck out to me that was the destruction of the castle at the end. Yes. Yeah, like it just felt like it was an afterthought the way they they put that in there because there was just so so little detail. You have like this big gigantic castle that they've been showcasing through the entire movie, and then when it's getting destroyed it's just a bunch of rocks falling over it seemed like yeah it didn't seem like things were really collapsing in it's just that it felt a bit underwhelming compared to Mm -hmm. everything that we've seen so far but again that to me was the only weak point of the animations and the the visuals so like that one little part to me is not gonna take away from the rest of the movie yeah no even Definitely beautiful visuals just the, the whole movie. The drawings and the end credits were really well done as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I stuck around and watched the credits just to look at the drawings that were being shown on the screen. And the music mm-hmm. helped the credits as well, which I guess that's a good segue for us to jump into the, the atmosphere. I have an 85 for my atmosphere. I have an 87 for my atmosphere. So you're jumping, taking the lead again, back and forth through this episode. (laughs) Even though this was the first Disney movie without any, like, singing songs, the music in this movie was still fantastic. Like, the uh, soundtrack for this movie, which originally did not do very well. But later on, people were like, yeah, this kind of slaps. Yeah, this all the, the background music in this was phenomenal and it, it was really great. And yeah, I did read that a lot of it was actually cut from the movie itself. And mm-hmm. then like they restored it later on and they redid it. But I'm like, I don't understand. It was all wonderful. It was 
it fit so well with everything that was happening it all blended together and really helped set this, the tone of this movie with all the stuff that was happening oh yeah it was beautiful music uh, there was a lot of cool new stuff that we heard as well like mm-hmm. that scene when the magical orb was chasing the rats you had that synthesizer going off with the yes. when it was chasing away and i just feel like that was such a, a cool unique piece of music that we haven't heard anything like that so far just a lot of the sound effects were really nice yeah that like like i just mentioned that magical orb that was chasing rats they had a lot of cool electronical mm-hmm. sound effects that that orb was making that was really cool well was it gurgi was impersonating Hinwin? yeah like running that to me that was the one clopping of the standouts standout noises as a film and it was such a simple little thing but it but it stood stood out to me so much Mm -hmm. and then with that even like the voice acting was incredible yeah all the voice acting was great from from the horn king to to gurgi gurgi was great (laughs) taryn was great the princess alone was incredible her voice acting oh yeah and fluter flam yeah What's I thought we would have we would have gotten at least one song from Fluter being he's a bard, but no, they just give us that one little line towards the end. Like I feel like one of the songs he just gave us the finish of it. I'm like again, it didn't feel like it was missing out on anything by not having an actual like song in there though. Oh no, I feel like if they had a real song in there, maybe it would have ruined the movie for me. Mm, I feel like they could have fit one in there. I Maybe feel like one. having one in there would have been fine, but anything more than that would have taken away. Give the the, the Horn King a, a ballad about how much he wants to take over the world. <laughs> no, no, just have the Horn King sing New York, New York. <laughs> Frank Sinatra style. Uh, and then Creepers know. in the back with a bunch of like the skeletal <laughs> uh, soldiers doing like a Dude. little kick dance line thing. <laughs> I can see that part happening, but I cannot see <laughs> the Horn King singing that song. <laughs> but yeah, a lot. Just again, as they're leaving the castle, start spreading the news. <laughs> I'm leaving today. <laughs> Don't ruin this movie for me. <laughs> but yeah, overall, this was just a solid like atmosphere. Because a lot of the, the ba- like a lot of the background music added to the movie itself. Mm-hmm. A lot of the sound effects really helped out. All the voice acting was great. Nothing again. I have mine at eighty five, so it didn't quite beat Nothing that threshold. Spectacular, but it really was a solid part of the film. Definitely could have used more French horn. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to entertainment. What do you have for entertainment? I have an 88. I also have an 88 for entertainment. Whoa. So we both apparently enjoyed this movie just as much as each other. Mm-hmm. Which it was. It's just a really fun, entertaining movie. Like, like with how we gave all the scores, everything like the characters, the story, the visuals, the atmosphere. They all came together just so well. It does. I think. I said earlier, this movie has everything that you need to make it a great movie. You have 
all the great characters. You have all the great visuals. You have an incredible story that's being told to us, and it all stands out so well. All mixes together and... into one masterpiece. Yeah, I like I said, I wish they would have given a little bit more in the love story aspect, but yeah, you can't get everything. So like, and that's by not gonna no take means away. was this a perfect movie, but it it really it really did well it was a really enjoyable movie and it's it's also interesting to see that it wasn't such a popular one like i've never seen this movie before yeah this was my first time seeing it too i don't know how i missed out on this Mm -hmm. like i feel like i missed out on this my entire life i would have like as a child this would have been incredible to see for me and i would have absolutely loved it and this might have like been one of my favorite movies as a kid who liked to watch courage the cowardly dog this movie probably would have been up my alley (laughs) yeah this was definitely straight up there for the like what i'm interested in as well and it really carry like holds all of my interests together and i'm like this is this movie feels like it was made for me and I just, I don't know. It's funny because originally I was hoping that we would get this kind of movie earlier on in, in our series, like in the mm-hmm. series of movies, and it didn't actually come out until close to the 90s where I, I knew we were going to get these kind of movies. Yeah. And, like, I'm not saying that any of the older movies that we had were bad. I mean, there were some bad ones, but... Mm. I, we just didn't get that standout performance like we had here or like we had with the rescuers. Like we would get like those scores that were unbelievable for us. Like atmosphere would be amazing in one movie, but everything else was kind of par. Yeah, we didn't. There wasn't really any movie that brought everything together. Like I felt like this did and the rescuers did. Mm hmm. And I was really hoping that we would have had that and with one of the earlier movies, just so I can say, all right, they really had their stuff already together back in the early days. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we're here about to head into the 90s already. And we just have a couple more movies. <laughs> we're, we're right there. <laughs> so before we wrap up, we should uh, give our overall score now. Yes. I have an 87 for my overall score. Wait, wait, 87 on the dot? 87, exactly, yes. I also have an 87, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Making this my number one movie. This is also my new number one movie as well. Yo, look at us go. (laughs) I feel like this might be the first and last time that'll ever happen, where we both have the same exact score, and it's at the top of our list but i mean there's chances you never know it's there's slim chances that it can happen but it, it's possible we could give frozen a perfect 100 each <laughs> <laughs> listen that might no it's not gonna happen <laughs> there is a chance that it could happen again yes but it is very interesting especially because like throughout this like our scores we were just going back and forth and like you were a bit higher in one thing and i was a bit higher in the other and it was just back and forth the entire time and then we just meet here we end with (laughs) not only the score but also the entertainment score at the same yeah which 
just shows how much we both enjoyed this movie pretty much exactly the same mm-hmm. we just both of us enjoyed different af- aspects of it a little bit differently yeah yeah this is just a great movie there's <laughs> so many great things about it and it's i i it still blows my mind that it was beat out in the movie by hair bears <laughs> but uh i think that's all we have for this week yeah next week we have the great mass detective which is another movie i don't think i've ever seen i have definitely not seen this one yet so Uh, i'm a little excited maybe this is a movie that really helped get disney out of its problem this is i mean they said they did enough to to revive it after this movie already killed almost killed it so it has to be so this movie must be pretty good well there are a lot of movies that do great, but still are pretty bad. So I don't know. What's yeah. Not... <laughs> Dumbo. Mm. <laughs> well, you're right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. A little bit of allergies. Mm, okay. <laughs> <Bambi>. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I as far as I know, I haven't seen this movie. It might be another situation of like the rescuers where it'll just take something to trigger it in my memory. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this this one, I remember this. Like, oh yeah, this is about a mouse. That's great. And it's a detective. <laughs> but we'll find out next week when we're actually watching it. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it continues this tradition. I have a feeling it's gonna be like Sherlock Holmes. I mean, that's what you would assume. It's a, a detective so <laughs> uh, we did i feel like we did mention that at some point earlier on in one of the fun facts as well is that that was their adaptation of a sherlock holmes oh maybe yeah so i mean i like sherlock holmes so hopefully they do it well except it won't have been a cover batch for us yeah uh, that's right i can i can deal with that <laughs> <laughs> so that's next week until next time may all your dreams come true bye